So just how far down do you want to go? Well, we could talk it out over a cup of joe. And you could look deep into my eyes like I was a supermodel.
What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to The Booch Cast. This week, ladies and gentlemen, we have another special treat for you guys, and that is a classic Booch Cast interview. That's right. Now, those of you that listen to The Booch Cast during the SoundCloud days, you are familiar with this interview. But those of you who are new to The Booch Cast, as you discovered us as we are now on our new podcast hosting platforms, which are, of course, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio, you might not be familiar with this interview, but it's still an interview you're going to want to check out. Because this is an interview that I did with a very big name comedian who's also a friend of mine who goes by the name of Eddie Ift. Now, the reason I'm replaying this interview this week is because of two reasons. One, as I mentioned before, I'm trying to take some of the best moments from SoundCloud and bring them to Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio because I'm trying to get rid of the SoundCloud page completely. So I'm slowly but surely adding classic episodes to the platform. But the other reason is because this week, Eddie Ift will be performing at the Punchline Comedy Club on Friday, September 1st, Saturday, September 2nd, and Sunday, September 3rd. You can catch Eddie Ift all three of those days at the Punchline. There's an 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock show on Friday. There are 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock shows on Saturday, a 7 o'clock show on Sunday. And for all the shows, the ticket price is $28. And you can go to punchline.com right now to purchase those tickets. I'll have a link in the description box for you guys to check out. Now, for those of you who don't know, Eddie Ift has been called one of the most underrated comics in America by The Onion and has proudly told jokes around the world to sold out crowds in over 15 countries. Most recently Eddie is co-host of one of the most successful podcasts in the comedy world called Talkin' Shit. He has recently released his DVD I Love Pussy, which is the follow-up to his critically acclaimed DVD Live from Australia, which was filmed in front of a sold out audience at the Sydney Opera House in Sydney, Australia. He has also released his own 30 minute special for Comedy Central and has made numerous TV appearances on shows such as Showtime's The Green Room with Paul Provenza, Showtime's Tommy Chong 420 Show, E's Chelsea Lately, NBC's Last Comic Standing, Comedy Central's Premium Blend, BET's Comic View, NBC's Late Friday Night, VH1's Nevermind the Buzzcocks, and Comics Unleashed. Eddie's popularity has spanned to Australia, where he has appeared on numerous TV shows, including Rove, Thank God You're Here, The Footy Show, and Good News Week. Eddie has also worked as the host of Shark Week, spent a season as the ABC College Football Guy, earned a job as Man on the Street on the Queen Latifah show, hosted a pilot called Strap On for Comedy Central, and co-hosted a sports radio show on New York's legendary WNEW. So, Eddie has an impressive resume, but with all due respect to his resume, uh, that wasn't the main reason that I had Eddie on the show. I had Eddie on the show because I had met him during my time on the Regular Guys show. Eddie would make regular appearances whenever he'd come into town, and at the time he was performing at the Laughing Skull, and he had taken a liking to my best friend and former Boochcast co-host Jerry Truman. And he invited Jerry to come to his show at the Laughing Skull and perform Ass Like a Baconator on stage. And that same night, Eddie discovered that I was also a comedian, so he was generous enough to let me go on stage and do five minutes before he went on. So I got the opportunity to open for Eddie Ift at the Laughing Skull that same night. And it was a great night, and I became great friends with Eddie after that, and one day I reached out to him and said, hey, I would love to have you as a guest on the Boochcast 
guest next time you're in town. So the next time Eddie was in town, we made arrangements for me to interview him. So I drove down to the Lapping Skull because, again, that's where he was at the time. Obviously, he'll be at the punchline this weekend. But at the time that we recorded this, he was performing the Lapping Skull. We waited till the show was over and we sat in the green room and we proceeded to have this incredible interview that I'm going to replay for you guys right now. So sit back and enjoy as the Booch goes one-on-one with comedian Eddie Ift. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another fun-filled, action-packed episode of the Booch Chat. Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch. I am currently in the green room of the Laughing Skull Lounge with a very, very special guest. I don't believe somebody I have a lot in common with. Uh, we're both comedians. We're both big-time podcasters, and we are both two people who are not afraid to get into a pool full of jello and wrestle with strippers. He has been, he's had a kick-ass weekend here performing at the Laughing Skull Lounge, and I'm glad that he's taking time out of his busy schedule to chat with me today. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Boots Chat the one and only Mr. Eddie F. Eddie, welcome to the show. This is by far the most professional podcast I've been on for the least amount of people. <laughs> Like, I've never had anyone start their podcast that professionally. Um, that was good, Booch. Thank you. The, Thank you. I, I tried. The, the Booch. You mentioned Booch. You put Booch in there like 12 times. Vinny Booch. The Booch. A.K.A. The Booch. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a brand name that I got. I got it. I'm with, I'm with you on it. Um, thank you for having me. It's been an honor. You know, like, when I think about, like, where I want to go in my career, and I think about, like, what I want, Charlie Rose... I always wanted to do Letterman, didn't get to do Letterman. Haven't done Charlie Rose. Uh, didn't get to do The Tonight Show with Leno, because he's gone. Um, and and the Booch cast. So that was up there. So at least I've knocked out one of them. Well, we're, I'm equally as honored to have you on, man. It's great. And who's, who's the biggest guy you've ever had on the show? The biggest guy? The most, most famous. Most famous, wow. Uh, that's the tough one. I had two to tie. Okay. I had Bert Kreischer on a okay. while back. He and I were good friends on the Red Guy show. Right. And I had a professional wrestler, Buff Bagwell. I don't know show. Buff Bagwell. Uh, he was in WCW. Okay. He wrestled with uh, Scott Can, Steiner. What's the difference between WCW and WWE? Uh, WCW was run by Ted Turner. <coughs> okay. It was actually owned here. Oh, okay. It, it, it was based out here in Atlanta. And WWE is obviously the big one owned by Vince McMahon. Which one runs the, uh, uh, the American presidential election? Uh, probably WWE because the Republican candidate is a WWE Hall of Famer. Oh, he is a Hall of Famer. In the celebrity wing, yes. Yeah. Because because uh, Trump and Vince are really good friends, and when WrestleMania was first starting out, they held like big back-to-back WrestleMania in casinos. And uh. back in a couple years ago, Trump and Vince had a rivalry, and they did a thing called the Battle of the Billionaires, where they picked two wrestlers to represent each other, and the loser would get their head shaved. So it's basically, Vince McMahon got his head shaved bald in the middle of the ring by Donald Trump. Did he get it shaved? Legitimately shaved. Wow. Completely bald. I mean, these guys, talk about egos. They will do anything for attention. Absolutely, yeah. Anything. Just so pathetic. It is. It's insane. But, and, and, it's, and he said that, and uh, Trump later said that in another interview that it was one of the highest rated wrestling players Of course, of he said that. <laughs> he says that his, his teeth brushing this morning was the... Uh, the most asked about uh, toothbrushing uh, experience ever in the history of the world. He, just because you say that doesn't mean it's true. We've, I know. We've learned everything he says is a lie, so. Pretty much. Yeah, unbelievable. I think he sees that he sold the toothbrush on auction and gave the money to charity or something like that. Yeah, and then they find that he never did. Yeah. Yeah. 
He's, I don't think there's a bigger piece of shit in the entire world. Like, really? like I, I, I think Donald Trump might be one of the biggest pieces of shit alive. Wow. Really? You don't agree? Uh, I, I, I don't know about, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I, I will say. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I've been trying. I have yet to meet a Trump supporter. I think I might be meeting one, and this explains everything. I'm a little afraid right now. <laughs> Are you a Trump supporter? Um, a little bit, yeah. I'll be honest. Uh, I this explains everything. If you said to me, uh, I'm a Paul Ryan supporter, I'd be like, okay, I can understand. You know, I can understand your conservative approach. And, and look, ideologically it comes down to there's two trains of thought. And one is, it, it, it's ideological. It comes down to, like, you have a child, yeah. and you say to yourself, do I help my child with everything and give them everything and try to nurture them, or do I t take the other route, which is I tough love them and I make them work hard for themselves, yeah. and they learn on their own, and they gain all these skills by, um, by learning on their own and working hard and getting things. So... And, and both approaches make sense, yeah. but you can't categorize an entire culture and say, we need to do one or the other. There's every single person is different and needs to be, some people need a bit of nurturing and then a bit of tough love. And so in some situations you need to be, you need to enable people. And then in sometimes you need to make them work for things. So you can't, it's not cut or dry like liberal or conservative or, you know. Yeah. And neither, that's why we have uh, the government that we have, where we have checks and balances and where, where people try to come to an agreement and try to, there's concessions made and there's, uh, there's all compromise constantly. And, but he's a fucking maniac. He's a maniac and it all comes down to his ego. And I mean, there's, there's so much to it that I hope someday I hope someday that it's studied, yeah. and it's studied really, really well, and we get a lot of the, the real, like, I hope he opens up honestly someday when he's really old. But the problem is, as people get old, they don't, and, and we're never going to really, but I think, I really, really think initially what happened, and there's a lot of rumors about this, is that he kind of got in as a joke, yeah. and he knew the way that America was and that, you know, that we're very tabloid and very Kardashian-esque. And he got into it saying, watch how far I can go. This is pretty funny. And as it picked up steam, he went, maybe I do know better than everyone and maybe I should run this. And maybe, and, and he does, you know, he, he's a typical fucking, you know, silver spoon fed cunt that, <laughs> that, that just thinks, I, trust me, I grew up with these guys. And they don't, they think because they can, they should. If there's an old saying, they were born on third base and they think they hit a triple. Yeah. Uh, he was, he was, he was, he was born on home plate and thinks he hit a home run. Absolutely. And he thinks he hit a grand slam. And he thinks he's amazing. But the truth is, he's never really done anything well. Nothing in his entire life has he ever succeeded in. Everything is smoke and mirrors, and it's all bullshit if you look into everything he's ever fucking done, said, and he's a piece of shit. And I have friends that are business associates of him, and they will tell you that he is the biggest piece of shit they've ever done business with. 
I've got good friends. One of my best wow. friends does ton One of my best friends lends him money. Not anymore. <laughs> but they had lent him money in the past. He's not good at paying money back. That's he's he's also not good at keeping to the contracts, and he's also really good at suing people. Um, he's just a piece of garbage. You know, like I have people in my life in a lower level who are just really garbage human beings, yeah. and I might laugh at them, but I don't look up to them, and I would never do anything other than you know, because I'm in the comedy business and we run with some weirdos and some crazy people. Yeah. I get to experience. But I would never let any of them be in any kind of power of me. <laughs> and so the last thing I'm going to do is let this human being look. I'm, I'm not. I'm not a Hillary Clinton fan by any means. Yeah, and, and but I'll, I'll be honest. One of the main reasons. It's called. I, the, it's I called. Well, it's called. I consider her the worst. The worst of all. I women. know you do because you can't get laid and you hate women. <laughs> but, but she is the lesser of two evils. There is no doubt in my mind that she is the absolute lesser of two evils. I would like to see her get elected, then they indict her a day later, and they impeach her, and she goes to jail. And then we can start over and get actually two uh, uh, candidates that are somewhat admirable. Yeah, but wait, well, technically, if she got indicted, and she got indicted and impeached, wouldn't the vice president take over? Yeah. Who, who's actually a decent guy. Yeah. Yeah, so that'd be he's good. He's a decent guy. I'll, give, I'll, yeah. I'll agree yeah. with that. Yeah. But I would much rather have him running than Hillary. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The basic to the Trump premise is make America great again. And they, I just wish they'd be honest and say make America white again because that's what they do believe. They believe America was great when it was white, when it was all white. And so in their heads, it's Trump's head also is let's make this country white because he believes when it was white, it was safe. Okay. And he believes when it was white, people worked. And that has nothing to do with why people worked more, or why there was more of a middle class. Uh, the white people actually ruined everything. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Ian Edwards' joke about <laughs> how they're always putting black guys in hoodies on the news that yeah. killed somebody. And he talks about how every single criminal is a black guy in a hoodie. They mug you. They rob you. He goes, it's gotten to the point, this is Ian Edwards, really great comic. So it's gotten to the point where he goes, I'm even afraid of black guys in a hoodie. And he goes, and, I'll, and I am a black guy and I'll be wearing a hoodie. And I'm afraid of He goes, but if you think about it, one white guy in a suit, Bernie Madoff, yeah. stole more money, more money, stole more money than every black criminal combined. So yeah. who should we be afraid of? Definitely him. White guys in suits. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, let's let's be honest. Um, when I was younger, I defaulted on a credit card. I'm not proud of it, but when I was way younger, I defaulted on like a six thousand dollar credit card bill. Never paid it, and it was six thousand dollars, and I just didn't pay it. And I didn't declare bankruptcy, but I ended up get get you know just nothing really happened other than I fucked up my credit. But I basically stole six thousand dollars. Imagine if some black guy went into a store and took six thousand dollars out of the register. What would happen to him? Oh, he'd be in jail for sure. Exactly. So, do we have a double standard here in the United States? Um, to an extent, I can see. I can see. What right. We're so, if we're going to make America great again, let's be fair to everyone yeah. and start treating people equally and not deport them and treat them like criminals and throw them in prisons. Yeah, that, and that makes a lot of sense. And, and that is, and, that is, and I do see where you're coming from with that. Like I, so I heard make America great again. I just like I was thinking like the time where we were like we used to make everything and before we were dependent on foreign oil and foreign stuff, and that's what I thought it was. I didn't look at it as a race thing. Now, I'm not saying he didn't. 
I'm just saying that's, that's the way I look at it. That's I interesting. I thought it was just a revolution thing. That's what I meant by make America great again, like a time where we did make things and we were less politically correct and we could just be, you know, and we were the human beings that... Did you live back then? Did I live back then? No, I didn't. Exactly. So I'm born 87. Right, so what do you know about that? I mean, like, just what do you... Honestly, what I learned in history class. I study history Right, right, but history. but history, history is written by the victor all the time. Good point. So... So don't believe everything you believe in history because, you know, it, imagine any kind of situation that goes on right now. There's two sides, right? Yeah. Well, how come in history books there's only one side? So we, we, we tend to, you know, basically funnel our history down into one kind of category and ever have everybody follow that, that is one very, thing. That's so, true. so there's always been immigrants in this country. Yeah. Um, We've never had so many people in this country. We have a population problem. We don't have, we don't have an immigration problem. We have, a, I'm not saying we don't have an immigration problem, but we have a population problem. We have too many people in this country, and so when people go, oh, it was great back then. Well, there were less people. Yeah. So there were jobs for because there there wasn't an overcrowding, but there's too many fucking people in the United States. Yeah. Too many people in the fucking world. And if you want to blame something, blame capitalism. Because through capitalism, people want to go to other countries and and get cheaper labor. I mean, we know that Trump outsourced. He yeah. went and he went and used cheaper labor in other places. Um, I'm guilty of it. My CDs that I sell are made in another country because they said to me, "Oh, we can make them in the United States for three dollars a CD, or we can make them in Singapore or something for a dollar." And I was like, "Make them in Singapore." <laughs> and you know, I'm not about sweatshops and everything, and I used to get really upset about that, and then I looked into it, and I was like, well, wait a minute. If we take the sweatshop out of Indonesia, what are those people going to do for a living? They're going to have no job. Exactly. Yeah, now, now they're making like a dollar an hour or a dollar a day or whatever the fuck it is, whatever horrible, horrible salary they're getting. So everybody goes, well, let's, make, let's get them fair wages. Yeah. If we're going to... Do this. Let's give them fair wages. Well, the reason we take all our business over there is because they're so much cheaper. If they're going to get paid the same amount as us, we're going to bring it back to America. Absolutely. So I can understand that kind of, well, let's create tariffs so that we don't take our businesses over there. But then as a global citizen, you say to yourself, well, now we've just turned a country that we've actually, like something like India, where we're third world country, where we're flooding them with money, where they've got all kinds of... Uh, telemarketing and whatever they use, you know, like uh, phone, you know, call centers and and tech companies and web creation, web development. Well, now we're going to take all the business away from them. So now, now a country that is was a third world country that's now developing, that is coming up in the world and is a global player in the world. We're going to stop that. We're going to prevent that from happening. Um, what we should do is just put a lot more money into education and help our impoverished people become a lot more educated so that they can get the higher paying jobs and do things that they can use workforces from developing nations like Africa and India yeah. and things like that. So it's, it's a different time. It's a different situation. In the 1950s when it was Make America Great Again, we weren't able to do all these things. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have a global economy. We have a global economy now. You can't, you want to become an isolationist and go backwards? Like, you, it's not possible. He, he hasn't thought out anything. I, I'm so, I, I detest him. I de and I hate him so much because he knows he's losing now so badly that he's trying to build a media company. 
and he's just trying to parlay this right into a media company where they're just going to be like right-wing assholes just throwing a wrench into everything like like Fox News times 10 and it's like you you, you ruined the Republican Party you've made a mockery of our our uh, electoral you know system and you've you've uh, and now you're just going to walk away and go make money out of this whole thing uh, he's just such a piece of shit he's such like just he's like a Kardashian it's just it's everything that's wrong with our country he is everything that's wrong you know he's Justin Bieber he's McDonald's he's fucking he's a piece of shit he's just a piece of fucking shit I mean, I, I, I don't know how he sleeps at night, and, and she's not much better, but yeah, I'm, I'm off the fucking politics now. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I'm glad I ate at Wendy's when I heard the McDonald's thing. Wendy's is much better, but it's uh, still absolutely. shitty. I still know. shitty. I had to do what I had to do. Um, but as we were saying before, before we got into uh, you know, the political talk, uh, we were, I mentioned that you just done a great weekend of uh, shows here at the Laughing Skull. How did you feel about the shows this weekend? I didn't like them. I'm just <laughs> I uh I don't care. Um, <laughs> there, you know, it's like, oh, tomorrow's another day. You know, whatever. I've been doing this 20 years. I'm over it. <laughs> okay. You know, it's um. I have been. Most people have a career, a career trajectory. Yeah. You know, where they're down, 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 and they go up, 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 and then it starts to level off, and then it might come down a bit. Yeah. And you don't want to see them on the way back down. Um, I can say, luckily, I'm not on my way back down. But I've been. Uh, you ever see a picture of a mesa? Uh, you know, I like, like in a in the. If you put a mesa on a graph, that's where I am. I went up, 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 and then I leveled off for 20 fucking years, <laughs> and nothing's happened. Well, the bright side is you didn't go down. That's that's the most. It's still what's inevitably going to happen. <laughs> I'm going down, and it could be tomorrow. Um, it's uh. It's, uh, you know, uh, it's boring because in the beginning it was so exciting because it was ever-changing. Yeah. And now, it's like, how many times have I been to Atlanta at the same club? And look, I am very grateful for everything in my life, including my career. Exceptionally grateful. But, like anything, it's not going to stimulate me like like new stuff is. Like, yeah. like you know, so if I if I came to Atlanta next year and you know twenty thousand people were buying tickets to see me and I was playing some fucking you know giant theater or arena, yeah, I'd be a lot more excited. I'd be a lot happier. I'd be, I'd, you know, you'd just be like you're talking to Kevin Hart. And he's like, yeah, everything's amazing. Life's great. You know, but um, you know, at, at this point, it's like I have a nine to five. And people, I, people listen to this and be like, you fucking asshole. You fucking don't realize how lucky you have it. You, I know. <laughs> I get it, but I'm saying it's like anything. Like, you know, take some giant celebrity who's on his way down. I'd rather be some guy that sells plumbing supplies that just found out, you know, he he inherited fifty grand, than I'd want to be some multimillionaire that just found out that, uh, you know, they're getting audited and. Uh, their fucking house is getting taken away from them. They're going to have to live in a million-dollar mansion instead of a $20 million mansion because crashing down... It's all... I read a thing once in a book called... I can't believe I'm talking about this on your podcast. Um, uh, there's a book called uh, uh, Man's Search for Meaning by Victor, Victor Frankl. Okay. And uh, he talked about suffering. He said the thing about suffering is that it can fill a room 
It's like a gas. Suffering's like a gas. It'll fill a room no matter what size it is. Like gas expands, and it'll fill a small room. A big, it just ex it just continues to expand. So, in saying that, he said, he, "This was a guy that was a Holocaust survivor, and he he was talking about how being living during the Holocaust, you couldn't be." in a shittier situation in life. Yeah. I mean, like one of the worst situations, they, they shaved their heads, they put them in uniforms, they treated them horribly, they beat them, they abused them, they murdered them, and they took all their dignity and humanity away from them. And uh, at one point they were in a train car where they were smashed in by like the hundreds in this train car and they were going down the railway and you, you're going to either a death camp or a work camp. And the death camp goes straight and the the work camp, they made a right to go to the work camp. And so they're sitting in there, they don't know where they're going, and all of a sudden they make a right to go to the work camp instead of the death camp. So they're going to have some more time to live. And he said there was a joy and a cheer in that train car that was like when the Yankees win the World Series. And he's like, I've never been that happy in my life, knowing I'm going to a work camp in Nazi Germany, you know, instead of going to a death camp. And it's saying like, that guy felt an experience, like an elation that you can't experience. It, like you and I will maybe never have joy like that. I don't think so. I don't think I would ever have joy And like in that. such a horrible situation, he felt such a great feeling. So it's all relative. Yeah. So I am grateful for what I have and everything I've done and blah, blah, blah. But I'm also bored because I've done it a lot. Like yeah. I, I really would like to go to another level in my career or a different phase of my career and I am trying to at this point like I want to get into producing or writing or directing or or you know maybe my stand up takes off and it just I just don't like the stagnation where I am so when you say how are the shows I'm like eh, you know same fucking thing that they always are that makes sense man I can understand and uh, I don't know if this is similar but I saw an episode once of uh, Louis on uh -huh. And he was doing an episode where he was he had to go out for a few weekends to do the show. And in the small hotel, a small club, and there's this guy that's driving him around. And he's so excited to meet Louis C.K. So he's driving around, he's telling he's like doing what most drivers do when you go into a town. They show you the sights, they're telling you all the stuff, all the great places to go. And Louis is being polite, but then halfway through he's like, Look, I get that this is exciting for you. I've been to this state like five times. I've seen everything. I've been doing this 20 years. Yeah. I'm not excited. I'm just yeah. doing my job. And the guy felt so heartbroken by that. Yeah. But it literally was just like, look, I'm not trying to be a dick, but that's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I get it. I, you know, I, I can, I, I feel very similarly. Um, it's, I've been, I've been to Atlanta probably 15, 15 times. What are you going to show me that's new? I mean, I was just thinking today that I was talking to a friend on the way here, and I was saying, hey, you know, as you get older, you just you get to like a few things, and you just want to be doing the few things that you like. And you, like, you could take me to almost any city in America, and I'd be like, ugh, just like, where do I want to be? I want to be home. I want to yeah. be with my family. I want to be, I surf a lot. So if you said to me, Atlanta has the best waves in the world, that's what I, like, enjoy doing. So I'd be like, oh, fuck, I'm going to Atlanta. I'm going to surf. <laughs> like, I'm in Hawaii in two weeks. I'm going to be fucking If you asked me, if you interviewed me in Hawaii, how'd you show me? Oh, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> I, I got waves all day. You know, I like yeah. to ski. I'm going to Telluride. You know, like, how's to, oh, fucking amazing. I had the best meal today. And I, I skied all day and so bored. And, but, like, 
you know, I, I think Atlanta is a wonderful city. Yeah. I think it's beautiful. I think the people are exceptional. I Everything about it. I think the comedy is amazing here. But it's like, it doesn't have, like, what I, I at this point in my career, all I want to do is surf and, and snowboard. And, and that's it. And then hang out with my family. Yeah. You can find a beach in Atlanta and be very impressed. Yeah, I think I know where one is. I saw a river. <laughs> I'll get, I'll get my boogie board. We'll make some waves. We'll see what I can do. It better be fucking big, Booch. You better, you better cannonball. <laughs> I think I'm big enough to make it happen. Um, what happened with the regular guys? Are you not on them anymore? Uh, no, I was. Um, what happened was uh, back in December of 2014, uh, Larry got fired from the show. Why? Um, management was making a lot of changes at the time. Uh, when Larry, when Larry's uh, former partner Eric got fired. They were, they were under a lot of pressure to get the ratings up. And even though the day he got fired was one of the highest rated shows, they had already been making changes before that. So Larry was already pretty much out the door. And then six days and then the six days later, like it was a Thursday at 10 a.m., I got a phone call from my friend TJ who worked there, and he told me that I was being let go as well. So they pretty much said you're, you're done. They, put, they told me I was You were like, I'm willing to come there and do things, and you don't have to pay me. And they're like, we don't even want you to do that. That was just, yeah. It was like, and I did things that show that would kill the self-esteem of a normal man. Yeah. I, and I was, and I was, and, I, and the reason I was willing, and there was two reasons I was willing to put myself through that. One, there were fans who actually appreciated it, and I know this because they, mess- they, they would message Cause me. Because they, they're, they're your hundred listeners to this yeah. podcast. Yeah, they all came with me when I, when I left. You do this every day. Monday through Friday, yeah. Jesus Christ. I, 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 start, I did it because I loved the feel of being at radio. Like I got, you know how some people say when they, move into, when they go into movies, they got bit by the acting bug? It's not a bug. It's called I got bit by the radio bug. I wanted to do it. Which, it's, ca- it's called narcissism. We all have it. Well, see, that's the underlying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just I'm come, trying just, to project the. Just, the just, yeah, yeah. Stuff. Don't, don't mask it in anything. <laughs> just come. To, it's called a mental disorder. In the DSM four or whatever that's called, it, yeah. it, it, it's under there. It's. it's my, I think mine's four and a half. Let me ask you a question. Okay. Uh, so, what do you do to make money? Um, right now, um, I work at Home Depot part time. Okay. Are you one of the guys in the orange aprons? Yes. That when I ask questions, you and I look one way, you run the other. (laughs) I sprint. (laughs) And when I ask you where something is, you give me a fake aisle that doesn't exist. Uh, No, I just stay in the back because eventually you'll bump into somebody who will tell you where it is. Right. (laughs) Look for the other guy back there. And and it's not about being mean. It's just I don't know. No, no one, no one knows. No one at Home Depot knows anything. Nobody wants to work there. People that work at Home Depot don't want to work. Ironically, the people in the parking lot, the Mexicans that are in the parking lot, want to work. What's weird is that we don't have any in, in the front of my parking lot. Uh, we have my LA. Yeah, I know. I, I, I used to hear about it all the time. Like, well, there's never any here. Booch, do you guys have a secret door that you go, like, I'll be looking for help, and it's like there's not a guy in an orange apron anywhere. I think you guys have, like, a secret door in the door department there, that goes there, to, like, a locker is, room. If there is, they're not telling me where it is. I've been in that door. I would have ran to the door a long time you ago. Just, they disappeared. Do you – is this your job? Do you get to work at, like, 9 o'clock, and you put your orange apron on, and your goal is to avoid any customer? And so you walk like a maze, and if you start walking down an aisle and you see customers, you turn around and walk the other way. I'm a cashier. I can't go nowhere. Oh, you're a cashier. So I can't go anywhere. Oh. I get, so I'm, I'm stuck. And that's what makes me the maddest because 
when I need somebody to help me, they're never anywhere to be found. So I gotta, I sometimes leave the register to help them, and then I get shit for that. So I pretty much catch shit everywhere I go. I think the guys that walk the aisles, they're just try. Their goal is to avoid answering any questions. Exactly. That's the goal of the day. Every now and then, there's there's a couple of them that will actually help a customer, but most of them, they're hiding. I don't know where, but they're hiding. I think there's a secret. Inside. I think there's a secret door. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, if there is one, they haven't told me where it is. They're keeping it a secret from me. Do you ever get to work the saws? No, I'm not certified. You have to be certified to work yes. the saws? Yes, you have to be cert you have to be certified to work the saws. You have to be certified to operate a chainsaw and in the wintertime when they cut the trees up. There's a whole certification class you have to take to touch anything like that. They don't even look like one customer's like, Can I just cut it myself? I'm like, No. Why don't you get certified? Um, because it's just too much uh, it's too risky. I don't wanna mess with, I don't wanna mess with any you, I don't you, mess with saws. You like your fingers? I like my fingers and you know, I already went, I, I've been there, done that with shop class. Like, this is good. I like talking to you. I, I this podcast, it feels like, it's got this weird feeling where I feel like we've been talking for four hours. Yeah. You know where they say time flies when you're having fun? Absolutely. This is like the opposite. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Absolutely. And of course, in addition, and of course you mentioned before, you have a podcast yourself, um, talking shit. How did the idea for the show come about? Um... I was thinking if I work hard enough on this podcast, someday I could be on the Boochcast. <laughs> well, your hard work is paid off, sir. <laughs> Who do you, look, so you get like, I'm, we're not going to talk about how many listeners you have because you don't want to, you don't want to give up the magic. No, I don't. No, I don't. Do they interact with you every day? Uh, not, I have a couple that interact with me every um. day. Every now and then I'll have a show with no callers, but most of the time I'll have people calling. Oh, you have call-ins? Yes. I have call-ins. I've had... You know, some wrestling fans call in. Uh, when I first started it, uh, my co-host was a guy you know, Jerry Truman, my, my, my good friend. Oh, yeah. We used to co-host the show together. Didn't and I have him tell a story on stage about how he... Yes. What did he do? He, well, he, I, I think he did, a, he did a joke on stage about looking for parking. It was like trying to find a home with you with a surfboard on Marta, which is a bit he's been doing for a long time. And then you had him sing Act Like a Baconator. I had him sing Act... But didn't he, like... Didn't he like trannies or something? Yes. He told, I think he might have told you that when you were in the green room at the regular guy's show. That's when he came up with the idea to have him on stage with you. Yeah. And then you were generous enough to let me go on stage, let me go on stage before you as well, which I'm very grateful for that. Do you still do stand-up? Yes. How often? Um, a couple, couple days a week. Good, good. Like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Glad to hear you're still doing it. Absolutely. Do you still wear the gold chain? Yes, sir. How's the love life? Um... Going good, man. Really? Good, yeah. You got a woman. Um, it's complicated. <laughs> Let's get into it. Um, it's basically um, I've been dating this girl on and off for the last uh, year or so. Okay, that's good. You know, she's 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 basically doing a lot of personal issues in her life, but trying not to get into them on the show. Okay. But do you ever talk about them on the show? Uh, only if only if I'm involved in it somehow. Okay. Then every now and then I'll I'll vent about. Does she it. listen to the show? No. Okay. <laughs> if she did, she probably would have killed me. Okay, so you've been dating her for a year on and off. Yeah. That's good. Do you like her? Yes. Do you want to marry her? Uh, not sure about that. Okay. What's uh, holding you back? I don't know. Um, marriage is just something that I haven't really right. thought about at the stage of my life. How old are you now? 29. 29. How old is she? Uh, 38. Ooh, older chick. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Have money? No, I, I actually, I'm actually the one that has the money right now. Oh, no. That's not good. <laughs> it's not good. That's not good at all. That's terrible. Yeah, um, that's... That's, yeah, that's, so that's... Where'd you meet this girl? Um, well, we actually, we met a few years ago. We started, we, 
I met her a few years ago at a, a regular guy's event. Okay. We were doing a big, we were doing a show called The Spooktacular, which we did, we used to do every year for Halloween. And um, she had, with a wild build, and, and you know, to lose, and she happened to be there. And Jerry and I were performing on stage. Uh, you know, Jerry, Jerry was doing act like a baconator, and I was kind of like the hype man helping him out. And we had a whole band in the background, like, because Larry is a drummer in a band. So his band put music with Act Like a Baconator. Wow! Do you have that anywhere? It's on the internet somewhere. It's I gotta find that. If I type in Act Like a Baconator, it's very <coughs> on stage. Does it sound clown. good? Does it sound good? Is it on YouTube? It's on YouTube. Yeah. He's dressed as a clown because he Jerry came up with this clown gimmick called and he, and he called himself Mr. Clunker. Ass like a Baconator. And he decided to. Um, you know, perform, perform, and he decided to perform as a clown. I'm, tra I'm trying to dress up as the old school John Cena. It doesn't look like a good costume. I feel like I could the best together. And I say old school, I mean like the thugonomics. You know, what you've all been waiting for. We have a young man with a Hawaiian hat on who's dressed as a clown. His name is Jerry Truman, and he's going to sing Ass Like a Baconator for you.
mean, this is like, this could be a train type of stuff. Look at him, look at him. I'm not, it's not that bad. What was the audience Ah, I don't call that much. That's the How many people are there? What were they doing at this time? Did they all know who they were? song by me?
Vinny and right hashtag Vinny has erectile dysfunction. If that thing trends, I'm gonna start crying. Vinny, I don't think it's gonna trend. <laughs> I don't think you have anything to worry about. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I've been talking to a comedian Eddie Ives. You can check out his uh, podcast show, Talking Shit. Uh, I believe he said, I, I believe I read Tuesday and Thursdays in news. Nope, just one night per week. Comes out like on Wednesdays or Thursdays. There's there's almost 500 episodes of it though. I'm as bad as you. <laughs> Hey, it's all good, man. And uh, Eddie, I, I do appreciate you, man. Oh, anytime. I love Anytime it. coming out to me on the show. Awesome hanging out with you, the pooch. I love you. Absolutely, man. Like, I remember last time when you were in town and you told me you were interested in doing the show. It really meant the world to me. And, it's always you know, been a dream. And I, you know, and I really am excited to have you on the show. And I hope next time you're in town, we'll have you back on again. I got it. No! No! I got to do it again? <laughs> oh, fuck! All right, and that, ladies and gentlemen, was my interview with the one and only Eddie Ift. Um, I do apologize uh, for the uh, quality of the interview. I'm sorry if the audio was a little off or clanky. It's just that, obviously, with a lot of these classic ones, I had different microphones and had different quality than I did before, so the audio quality was not as strong or not as good as it is now because of the equipment that I had to work with during that time, so I do apologize for the awkwardness of the audio. I do apologize for that. I know I put a disclaimer in the description box, but I also wanted to apologize for it here and let you guys know there's a reason for that, and it's because of the outdated equipment that I had during that time. That's the reason why the audio sounds like it did. And also I wanted to clarify the reason at the end of the interview when I said we'll be back right after this, and Eddie said, no, we're not. We're not coming back, or I'm not coming back. Obviously, Eddie was being funny with that, but the reason that I said that was because at the time that I sat down to record the interview with Eddie, I was on Blog Talk Radio with the Boochcast. So obviously I was going to play that interview as a pre-recorded interview and then go to a music break and then come back and do the rest of the show. Because the Boochcast used to be three hours long and I had different segments broken up in between and it used to be a daily radio show and I was going to put the Eddie Ift interview in there as pre-recorded because I didn't want Eddie to have to call in during the show or whatever. I'd rather just go down there and tape it with him and be face-to-face and it was a lot more fun, a lot more interesting and the show ended up uh, being very good. Um, I will say the only negative that I saw was the fact that it went into a, we went into some political talk because at the time I wasn't really big on talking politics with people and especially with, at the time this was happening, the 2016 election was coming up. This is when Trump was going up against Hillary and when it came to Trump, people had very strong opinions of him. I mean, they still do today. You know, people either love Trump or they hate Trump. Now there are some people who hate Trump but can still be civilized around people who do like Trump. And then you got some people who hate Trump to the point where if they find out you like Trump, they want nothing to do with you. And I didn't know which side of the Trump-hating fence Eddie was on, so that's why when he was talking about Trump, you'll notice in my voice, I got very uncomfortable and was trying my best to pivot the subject away because I had specific questions I wanted to ask Eddie you know, about his life and his career and all that. I don't like to get into political discussions because a lot of the time, it 
just divides people and starts arguments. And I don't want to argue with a guest. I want to talk to a guest. So I try to take politics out of the equation. But that's where the conversation went. I rolled with it. And thankfully, everything came out great in that regard. So I'm happy for that. And of course, I am excited that Eddie got to be part of this show. Um, I know we tried to tape a part two, but it just, for whatever reason, didn't work out at that time. Uh, hopefully, there'll come a day where I'll bring Eddie back on the show. And hopefully, we'll be able to, you know, have another great interview and have great conversations um but in the in the event that it doesn't happen i'm fine with that too at least we have this great interview here and i still consider eddie a friend and i hope he still feels the same way about me uh last i checked we are still friends so uh i'm gonna hang on to that till i hear otherwise and uh speaking of eddie ift make sure you guys catch him at the punchline this weekend friday september 1st saturday september 2nd and sunday september 3rd at the punchline comedy club located at 3652 Roswell. Road, Atlanta, Georgia, and of course, there's 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock shows on Friday and Saturday, a 7 o'clock show on Sunday. The tickets cost $28 for every show. So each show you gotta pay $28, and it's fantastic. Good for the wallet and good for your soul, because Eddie Ift is a very funny, talented comedian. And that'll wrap up this episode of the Boochcast. I thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, and I Heart Radio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Make sure you check out um, the male soap opera moment where we gave a recap of WWE SummerSlam and of course be on the lookout for the next episode of the male soap opera moment. We'll be providing our predictions for WWE Payback that is also taking place this Saturday. That'll be coming to the Facebook page. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. And of course, you can follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash the Boochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, November the 25th for WWE Survivor Series. Uh, we are still in the process of trying to work this out because obviously I will not be present for the Survivor Series because I will be with Buff Bagwell at WrestleCade in Winston-Salem, North Carolina on the 24th and the 25th. You can talk to me and Buff at WrestleCade, but I'm still trying to get the team together to see if they will do a watch party for all of you guys to check out. Um, we're still trying to work out all the kinks on that. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to get you guys a watch party. And we also have our live D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle and another special project in the works and you can also support the Boochcast by going to podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support become a supporter of the Boochcast support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes we have three levels you can donate at pick the one that works the best within your budget we have our first level which is 99 cents one dollar per month we have our second level which is 499 five dollars per month and we have our third and final level you can donate at which is for a mere $9.99 ten dollars per month you have the option of paying with a credit card or with gpay and the best part is all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity we use to upgrade our equipment we use to bring in bigger name guests pay the bills and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success so if you got a favorite co-host and believe they're to be paid for their hard work podcasters 
Spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all. Goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.